Off and running, episode five, the 1973 NFL season. And I think it's worthy, Butch, that we have a repeat guest for this. When you get a Hall of Famer and you can stretch it out over two episodes, it's pretty cool. Well, it's always cool to talk to these guys, and Bob Greasy is one of those legendary names. But before we talk more about Bob Greasy, let me ask you the question. And you've done a lot of homework, so try and forget that. What do you remember about the 1973 season? Or what do you think about it? You were one, so, but one year old. But what do you remember about 1973? Is there anything that sticks out in your mind? The only thing that ever stuck out to me about the 73 season was the bad weather in the Super Bowl. Because for so long, actually until the Colts beat the Bears in the rain, it was the only Super Bowl that had bad weather. And these guys played in a lousy stadium in Houston and absolutely trucked the Vikings. So going in, I remember learning about the Super Bowls and we were starting to feel the pattern here with the Vikings. They were a team that you know, had lost Super Bowl four. They were back in it now four years later. They were always in the mix, but they didn't quite have it. You know, they had Fran Tarkenton at quarterback this year. It was Joe Cap in Super Bowl four? Tarkenton led him to three more Super Bowls over the next few years, but they just kind of ran into a steamroll machine. Well, here's what I find interesting about talking to Bob Greasy again and about the 1973 season. We always talk about how hard it is to go back-to-back -back in any sport, Tom. It's only been done eight times in NFL history, and it's only been done by seven franchises. The Pittsburgh Steelers have done it twice, but you have the Patriots, the last team to do it, in 03-04 or the 04-05 Super Bowls. Before that, it's the Broncos in 97-98, the Cowboys in 92-93, the Niners in 88-89, the Steelers, who did it twice, 78-79, 74-75, and the Green Bay Packers were the first one to do it. This Dolphins team was only the second team to do it. And Bob Greasy is going to talk about why this season was so hard. And we always hear the cliches about when you're the champ, everybody's gunning for you. But think about it. They're coming off an undefeated season, and they're going to win another Super Bowl. How hard is that? Nobody's done it in football since 04 now. That's amazing when you, when you stack it up. Before we hop into it, I want to give you a couple quick reminders. I want you to like our Facebook page. You can get there real easily through our website, tb25.us. That's TB for Tom and Butch. 25 for Fox 25, where we work up here in Boston. And follow us on Twitter, too. I'm at Tom Lydon. Butch is at Butch Stearns. We love hearing from you. We want to get your feedback. You know, one of the things I've done here, Butch, is I've actually focused a lot of our advertising so that it, it pinpoints people who are in the market of the team we're talking about. So I'm sure there's some people from South Florida who haven't heard the podcast yet who might be exposed to it for the first time here. If you like it, go back, listen to some of the other chapters and you know, tell your friends about it, and we're going to go along and continue to tell the history of football. But this 1973 season, as we've already alluded to, Butch, people don't know a lot about. How about this for a couple of numbers? 32-2. and The Dolphins over these two seasons, 17-0 and and 72, they go on to finish a stretch of 34 games, 32-2. and We probably won't see that again. Well, what strikes me about that, again, I, I hate to make this about the Patriots, but I grew up as a Patriots fan. But you go back to the last team to repeat as champions, and we're talking about the Dolphins repeating as champions this year. It's the 2003-2004 Patriots. Tom, 
In 32 regular season games, the Patriots had back-to-back 14 and two seasons. They went 28 and four. Not good enough, right? No. <laughs> when you compare them to the Dolphins. But what strikes <laughs> me with the Dolphins in this season, 1973, is like the 04 Patriots. Even though everybody was giving you your best game, it, that's how good a champion they really were. They were worthy and up to the task of everybody coming at them. They only lost two games this season after going undefeated the season before. And the schedule was tougher. You know, in this 73 year, they played the Steelers, they played the Cowboys, they played the Raiders, and they had in their division the Buffalo Bills. And you say, eh, so what? 1973 was the year that O.J. Simpson ran for 2,003 yards. So while the Dolphins are the defending champs and they're going through another really successful season, the guy who's taking over America as this incredibly buzzworthy star is O.J. Simpson up in Buffalo, and the Dolphins have to beat him twice. Well, and as we'll find out from Bob Greasy, the Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills like stepchildren. They really did. They never be, they, the Bills never beat the Dolphins. You always they have to have beat. a team like that. Kind of like in the day how the Buffalo 49ers. Buffalo fans love us. But. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we don't get to that. They haven't won a Super Bowl. We may not have one of their guests, but it's kind of like the 49ers did with the Rams back in the 80s and early 90s. There's always that one team that you just keep beating up on. But this is an interesting year for so many different reasons. O.J. was the NFL MVP, took the nation by storm. Dick Anderson, though, was part of that Miami defense. And this is one thing we didn't really talk much about with Greasy. We didn't talk about the defense. And the defense was solid, filled with Hall of Famers. You know, Manny Fernandez, Vern Den Herter, Nick Bonaconti, Jake Scott coming off a Super Bowl MVP performance in the game against the Redskins. And Dick Anderson, who the next year won the NFL Defensive Player of the Year award. So this was not just a team that had Zonka and Kick and Greasy and Warfield. This was a team that was very well-rounded, in great shape, and incredibly coached. Well, they're also, we heard Bob Greasy talk in the last episode about being in the locker room in Super Bowl six when they lost to the Dallas Cowboys and how you asked him the question, you know, when did you start winning? He said it happened in that losing locker room in that Super Bowl. That we said this is how much harder we have to win to win a Super Bowl. So what strikes me about 1973 they're going on their third Super Bowl now, Tom. So you talk about how well-rounded they are. They've also got guys, Bill Parcells used to say, I judge a quarterback like a trapper. He's got pelts. Well, they got a bunch of guys in that locker room with a bunch of pelts. You know, they got big furs because they've got them. They've, this is their third Super Bowl, and the majority <laughs> of that team is, is battle-tested. We need more Bill Parcells-type people in the NFL to give us great quotes like that. So the AFC teams that made it to the playoffs this year were the Dolphins and the Steelers and the Bengals and the Raiders. But really, for the first time in the AFC, there were really two that stood out as absolutely elite. And that was the Raiders who had beaten the Dolphins in week two out in California, and the Dolphins who ended up hosting the Raiders in the rematch game in the AFC championship game. So those were the two best teams, and most people felt that whoever won that rematch between the Raiders and the Dolphins would go on and win Super Bowl eight. And so the Dolphins and the Raiders had a great rivalry, and it was the Raiders who actually beat the Dolphins and ended their Yeah, and undefeated I forgot streak. about this until you did the homework, but they were rotating home playoff games. You didn't get rewarded for what you did in the schedule. It didn't hurt the Dolphins because they got to the best team in the AFC Championship game, but um, that, that's just crazy to have a season like that and not be rewarded for your record. Uh, set the stage in the NFC. Listen to the team. It's pretty familiar. Teams that, actually, I shouldn't say familiar at that point, but they became familiar. Yep. You had the Cowboys, you had the Rams, you had the Vikings, and you had the Redskins. Now, clearly, the Redskins are in there for the third straight year. 
the Vikings had played in Super Bowl four four years earlier, but consistently they were a force in the NFC. And then the Rams got to the playoffs for the first of eight straight years. And the Cowboys had been in the playoffs every year dating back to 1966. So you could begin to see, you know, you know who's not in here? The 49ers. So it's like the Rams took over the mantles that, that the 49ers had had for the early part of the 70s. And that Niners team that had played well and gone to some championship games, that's one of those teams that gets overlooked, the Brody teams, because they didn't get there. They didn't get it done. A good team that didn't get to the Super Bowl. Well, and then you look at the NFC, and the two playoff games were the Vikings against Washington but played in Minnesota, and Dallas against L.A., and that was played in Dallas, and both home teams end up winning. So it becomes Dallas-Minnesota in the NFC championship game. Minnesota was led by Tarkenton, as mm -hmm. we referenced before, and he had previously had a stint in Minnesota. He went to the Giants, came back to Minnesota. He'd lead him to three Super Bowls. This was the first of them. But he was just such an exciting guy back there. You know, he's one of those people that I always think in my mind of the NFL films music where he's running around in a circle and people are oh, chasing yeah. him. And I mean, I, I didn't really get to watch him on a weekly basis because I was just getting to the age of appreciating the NFL right when he was finishing. I knew him more from That's Incredible than I did from seeing him on the field. <laughs> but I appreciated looking back in the history books and learning more about Fran Tarkenton. But really, the Vikings, as good as they were over these years, that's another team that was all about the coach. You know, Bud Grant yeah. was just so unbelievable, and he worked so many times with rosters that weren't full of Hall of Famers, but he got the team there. What I remember about Bud Grant as a kid was every Minnesota Viking that took his helmet off had a buzz cut. They all seemed to have buzz cuts, you know? They just did. They all looked like they were coming straight out of a marine base <laughs> and had the buzz cuts. So we talked about how there was a random draw for who was going to host the playoff games. Minnesota went 12-2, and and they ended up playing the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. The Cowboys were 10-4, and so clearly Minnesota was a better team, but they had to go down to Dallas mm -hmm. and play the NFC Championship game. So glad they changed that. And it was a good game. Minnesota was up 17-7 in the third, and then a guy by the name of Bobby Bryant returned an interception. He returned it 63 yards for a touchdown. That really put the game away. So when you talk about matchups of two teams coming into a game, and you figure that they're pretty evenly matched, the Vikings were 14-2 as well. So you had the Vikings at 14-2. You had the Dolphins at 14-2. They were both experienced. They both had veteran players. They both had excellent coaches. It had the makings of an even matchup. And it was anything but. And that's where I think the experience of having played in the previous two Super Bowls really benefited the Dolphins here. And as we were about to hear from Bob Greasy, again, we talked to him in our last episode about the 72 season, but a lot of interesting things about this 73 season. And one of the things that strikes me is they're in the AFC East. And none of the teams were really good in the AFC East until the Dolphins emerged, and they clearly became the class. Well, you and I are working in Boston right now in 2016, and that's what the Patriots have. They're clearly the class of it. So with Bill Belichick on the sidelines, the Patriots almost take a seven-point advantage into every division yeah. game. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Well, yeah. with Don Shula on the sidelines in 1973 mm -hmm. and Bob Greasy at quarterback, <laughs> the Dolphins did the same thing. And Bob Greasy's about to talk about that, that they really – you know, as tough as the rivalry games were, they really didn't have a tough time with the rivals in the AFC East. And as you're about to find out, maybe the 73 Dolphins should get a little more love than the 72 Dolphins. All right, take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hear from the sponsors, and then we'll talk to Bob Greasy.
From its high-strength military-grade aluminum alloy body to its high-strength steel frame, the Ford F-150 is a wake-up call for every full-size truck out there. This is a truck like never before, so you can work like never before. The game-changing Ford F-150 with greater towing and payload capacities and best-ever ride, handling, and braking. Every other truck is history. Experience F-150 at your New England Ford dealers. Ford trucks built Ford Tough. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Our conversation continues. Tom Lydon, Butch Stearns, talking about the 1973 NFL season. The Miami Dolphins, winners in Super Bowl VIII against the Minnesota Vikings. 24-7, they played the game in the rain down in Houston and Rice Stadium. A little interesting fact about 1973. This was the last game, and I'm not counting the Pro Bowl, so this was the last official game that was played with the goalpost on the goal line. You know, I forgot to ask Bob Greasy about that. I wanted to ask him if he ever tried to run a defensive back with a pass into the goalpost. I'm sure it happened, right? Because they don't know where they're going, and the receiver does. <laughs> Moving pick. So a little tidbit of trivia. Let's talk to Bob Greasy about the 1973 season and that last game, Super Bowl Eight. the last game played with the goalpost on the goal line. So 17-0 is the two most famous numbers you hear, but the ones that really impress me even more are 32-2. When you think about the fact that your team went back the next year and only lost two games and won again, how, how do you compare the 73 season to the 72 season, the two teams? Which one was better in your mind? Well, you know, you're right. Uh, not many people look at those two years back-to-back, -back, and we actually had a better team in 73 than we did in our undefeated year of 72. And that just goes to show you that it's very tough to go undefeated. We had a good team. Everybody, when, you, when you're playing well and you're undefeated or you're at the top of the heap, everybody looks to you. You get the best shot each and every week. We lost two games to some good teams, and they were close games, but we got everybody shot, and we weren't up to our best. We got beat twice that year, but we got in the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl easily over the uh, Minnesota Vikings. But but people, you're right. People don't realize that is probably as, as good an accomplishment as going undefeated in one season. Bob, you talked about how much more difficult 73 was because everybody was gunning for you. How much more difficult were the division games? Because Tom and I have been talking with our guests about the rivalries and how they were formed. You had O.J. Simpson running for that 2,000-yard season that year. Were the division games even tougher in 73? Well, you know, Buffalo was, was good back then. They had O.J. and they had, they had the, uh, the electric company offensive line. But we, for some reason or other, didn't seem to have any trouble beating the Buffalo Bills. In fact, we beat them. You can go back and look this up. We beat them 20 times in a row. Wow. They never beat us for the whole decade of the 70s. We beat them up there, and we beat them at our place. 20 times in a row, and they had, they had a good team. And, and the Jets with Namath, that was a good rivalry. The Patriots weren't what they are today back then. They were not only the, 
the Boston Patriots, but they didn't they didn't have as good a team back then. But you know the Raiders were good, and the rest of the league had some good teams. So. Uh, that's just the way it was back then. You know, you talk about the Raiders. The Raiders were one of the two teams that beat you in 73, but the beauty of football is that when you have two good teams like your two teams were, uh, a rematch is set up, and you had a chance to play the Raiders. You already talked about how you steamrolled the Vikings in the Super Bowl, but the AFC was amazing. When you think about the teams and the all-time legacy that you all have, it's the Dolphins, it's the Raiders, it's the Steelers. I mean, does that get enough attention? Does that get enough respect? How difficult was it to fight through that pantheon of teams? You're always going to have have ten some teams and it changes. It seems to change from year to year, or decade to decade. It's like the Patriots now are are the team to beat, whereas back then they weren't as good as they are now. Obviously, you know Pittsburgh was good. Uh, the Raiders were good. I'm thinking of the next year oh, when yeah. when Zonka, Kick, and Warfield were leaving, and that was the they beat us out at their place. That was the end of the era for the Dolphins because Zonka, Kick, and Warfield were leaving. When the Raiders beat us out there, that was the end of the, uh, the, the playoffs for us and the end of that, that period. You, you marvel at the Steelers and how they can be good for such a long period of time. I mean, the players change, the coaches change, the fans change, but, but the ownership, that doesn't change, and so that speaks well for the ownership for the uh, Steelers. Bob, final question from me is when you look back on the 70s, as Tom just said, the Raiders, the Steelers, and you, did you take anything for granted at the time? Is there something that's even more special after all these years, whether it's Coach Shula, your teammates, or how good you guys really were in the big games? I think the, the overriding thing is, you know, we went to three straight Super Bowls and won two of them. We would have never done that without Coach Shula. Uh, he came in 1970. He immediately uh, turned around a losing franchise to a winning franchise in 1970. His first four years, Coach Shula's first four years in Miami, taking over a losing franchise, we went to the Super Bowl three of the first four years. We were undefeated in one of those years and won two out of three so what, a, what an impact he made right off the bat in Miami with the Miami Dolphins. And then he went on to have winning years. And then in the 80s, he drafted Marino. They went to Super Bowls in the 80s. And he just had a terrific career. But it's, you know, none of that would have happened without Coach Shula. Thank you so much for the time, for carving out a little bit of your time to talk to us. And we really enjoyed hearing from you. All right, guys. Thank you. Very interesting guy, Bob Greasy. Very interesting. Glad to have him on for two episodes. And one of the things that strikes me, there was an underlying tone about Don Shula through the whole thing. Almost Vince Lombardi-like when we talked to Jerry Kramer. He knew from day one that he was special. Bob Greasy knew that Don Shula was special, and two Super Bowls proved it. All right, before we go, before we do our So What?, couple of reminders. Please like our Facebook page. You can get there immediately through our website, tb25.us. That's TB for Tom and Butch, 25 for Fox 25. That's pretty simple. And please, we need you to spread the word. Tell people about the podcast. We want you to interact with us on that Facebook page. Send us pictures, stories, ideas of stuff you'd like us to talk about. If you're listening through iTunes or Stitcher, Real important and very helpful. If you could give us a review, that would be awesome. The more positive review, the better. We'd love it. 
Uh, we got tons of stories to share. We're going to be turning the page, going season by season. We're going to hop into the Steelers next. A lot of people we want to interview, so help us out along the way, and we will have some fun. Like we have some fun with this segment every week. So what? What's your so what? Your takeaway from the 1973 season? My so what from the 73 season is two simple facts. One is, again, only eight teams in the history of the NFL have gone back-to-back with Super Bowl championships, and these Dolphins were one of them. But, Tom, the Dolphins never won another Super Bowl since then. And if you asked any Dolphins fan right after they won the second Super Bowl that they wouldn't win another Super Bowl up to this point, they would tell you they're crazy, right? But it never happened. It tells you a couple of things, how hard it really is to win a championship in the NFL and how much credit the 72 and 73 Dolphins deserve for going back to back because it is a Haley's Comet moment in the NFL. My so what is this? You got dawning on the horizon the impact that the popularity of football had on the Dolphins. Because football had grown so much from 1970 to now 1973 in a short amount of time, but really the Super Bowl era through the first eight years, all of a sudden everybody wanted a piece of the pie. And somebody says, hey, let's have an expansion league. Let's start the World Football League. That broke up the Dolphins. They lost Kick. Right. They lost Zonka. They lost the dynasty. So in a way, the popularity and success of the National Football League strangely broke up one of the best teams ever in the history of the league. Three straight Super Bowls, two titles with names and faces that you never forget. It also strikes me that, just to capitalize or follow up on your so what, that when the Dolphins became a super team, it sort of gave hope to all, because they were the first sort of expansion franchise team to become a super team. Like the other teams were legendary. Packers, Cowboys, right? They had a long history. The Dolphins were this Colts. team named after a fish. Okay, mammal, whatever. <laughs> Down in Florida, right? And they win two Super Bowls? Anybody so, can win. Right. Well, think about the Steelers. We're going to hop into that in the next episode. I mean, the Steelers stunk. I mean, it would be like the Lions winning the Super Bowl now. Just a history of not being able to win. And the Steelers were that team. And they got all the Hall of Famers in the draft. And that's what we're going to talk about next. So stay with us. We turn the page to the 1974 season in Episode 6 of TB25, The History of Football. Until then, I'm Tom. I'm Butch. Thanks for listening.